last week of our Ready or Not series, and, and this has been a fun series. Thanks, thanks for coming along on the ride through our Ready or Not uh, Ready or Not series. It's been a delight to go through the book of Proverbs with you, and, and we're nearing down the last few days, and I encourage you, finish the devotional. Even though this is the last message of the series, you can still work it out, make it all the way through to chapter 31, and I believe God is really giving us wisdom as we are seeking, as we are reading, as we are asking those questions, and I really hope that you've learned a lot and you've, you've grown a lot this month. I know that I have. And uh, in this, this ready or not moment that we're facing as a church, we're really holding on to the promises that we see in James chapter 1, verse 5. And let me read it for you again today. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. When we ask God for wisdom, he will give it to us. I believe God is ready to just pour out wisdom on this church. He's ready to give us leadership skills. He's ready to equip us, and all we need to do is ask. All we need to do is ask. And, and uh, you know, through this series, we've seen many things. We've seen uh, that wisdom is calling out for us. I mean, it's crying out, but we don't always see it because it doesn't look the way that we think it should be packaged. You know, it's crying out through creation. The creation is all pointing back to the creator. It's crying out through discipline and uh, correction, which we don't like, but we learn when, when we get correction, and that's, that's wisdom, and we need wise people follow correction. Fools run away from correction. That's what we learned in Proverbs. Uh, wisdom, we, we get wisdom from our elders and those who have been there and done that, and from our parents, and we don't like to listen to our parents, and we like to think we know it all, but, but there's wisdom coming from our elders and from our parents, and we just need to open our eyes, open our ears, and listen. We talked about the heart of a leader, and now everything we do flows from the heart, so we need to guard our hearts. We need to live a life of integrity, a life of purity. We talked about the mouth of a leader and how leaders need to use their words to bring life and not death. Uh, leaders need to speak the truth. Leaders need to listen before they speak. And today, we talked about the heart. We talked about the mouth. Today, we're going to talk about the hands of a leader, and uh, I think that's going to be so good. And before we jump into that, I'm going to ask a couple special people to join me on the platform. We're going to do a little interview. Uh, so Peyton and Brian, why don't you come on up? This is going to be it's going to be good. We've got some very seasoned veteran leaders up here uh, that are going to be joining us today. So why don't you grab a seat here? It's so good to have you guys today. Thanks for let me let me grab my book here. Uh, so good to have you guys today. Why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Uh, we've got Peyton and Brian. So Peyton, we'll start with you because you're, you're closest to me. Uh, tell us, how old are you? What school do you go to? Uh, what, what grade are you in? Just tell us a little bit about Peyton Thaler. Um, well, I'm in the seventh grade. You know what? I forgot to grab you a microphone. Hold on just one second. But that was some really good talking there. We'll pass this one back and forth. Here you go, Peyton. Sorry about that. All right, tell us again what grade you're in, how old you are. I'm in seventh grade. I'm 12 years old. We'll, we'll, we'll get it. Just hold on one second. Pass, out, pass that other one to Brian there. Try it. Try it again. I'm in there the seventh grade. I'm 12 years old. I attend Ellendale Public School, and I love to act... Um, draw and write, and recently just got done with a competition 
for acting, one act play. Yeah, yeah. And did that go well for you? Fifth place overall. Nice, nice. So you're feeling pretty comfortable up here. You know, you could you could do this all day. Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> definitely. All right. How about you, Brian? Tell us a little bit about yourself. How how old are you? Uh, what what grade are you in? Where do you go to school? What's your mother's maiden name? No, you don't have to go into all that. Hi, I'm 11. My name is Brian E. Conger. I'm 11. I am in fifth grade, and I'm homeschooled. I like to go to the Aberdeen Christian School and play my trumpet and band. All right, so playing trumpet, different things. That's, that's all. excellent. Now, you guys, we've been talking about leadership this whole month, right? And, uh, and you guys are leaders here at AFA, which is so great. You guys are, are serving. And why don't you tell us a little bit, what are some different areas that you're serving in here at AFA? Well, uh, once a week, every month, I help out in the kid zone, and I do media up there. I also help out with the small groups, and then recently, I've been helping out with lights in here. <laughs> and, and that's very important. Yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to see. <laughs> All right, so you've been helping out in the kids' zone. You've been helping out with lights. Lots of different, I'm pretty sure you helped out with Mega Sports Camp, too, not that long ago. Yeah. What, what area did you help out in there? I helped out in the Taekwondo room. I just was helping out with the kids. I gave them high fives when they came around the line. And stuff. That's important. That's important. And then you also taught them how to karate chop something, too. So yeah. I'm feeling safe up here today. This is good. <laughs> Brian, how about you? What, what areas have you served in at the church or are you serving in? I have been doing the Median Kids Church, and I do that every BUMC Sunday. And then I've been running the camera upstairs in here, and... That's about it. I, I wouldn't say that's about it, because I've also noticed that pretty much every event we have here over in the gym, somehow Brian's got a broom in his hand at, at the end, sweeping up the gym or tearing down tables or moving chairs or doing things. And like, guys, I don't get this. You're 11 and 12. How can you do this, right? Like, that doesn't make sense. We've got young people, but you guys are jumping in. It doesn't matter your age. Uh, you're, you're doing an incredible job up there. So, I mean, what do you think? If you're so young, how, how, did, how did you get involved in these ministries? Like, did somebody ask you? Did, did you just say, hey, here I am? What did, what did you do? Well, my parents help out a ton. And so I just started to help out because I thought it was really cool and it would be fun to do. And I don't know, then I just liked it. Yeah. And so continued to do it. Love it. Love it. Brian? What about you? How did you, how'd you get involved in those ministries? How did you learn to run a camera? So I've been, I learned to run a camera and stuff like that. I just got asked to help with something and I did and it just kept kind of getting bigger and just started doing more, yeah. more stuff. And it's just little by little. You know, one day you're on camera and the next day you're directing the whole thing up there and, <laughs> and saying, hey, this is... This is, this is where we need to, let's go camera one, let's go camera two. And it's been, it's been amazing to see you guys serve in these different roles. So what's been your favorite part of serving uh, as you've jumped in there? What's been your favorite part? My favorite part is when the kids come downstairs and they just have a smile on their face after kids' service. And they're like, Peyton, I love the way you did this. Or when they 
just raise their hand in church after three or four Sundays of sitting in the back and not doing anything. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Seeing kids engage in, in there and what a, what a reward. And you get to be part of that. Love it. Brian, how about you? What's your favorite part? I like getting to meet new people and meet the people I work with and meet the kids, the new kids that come are coming to church and getting to know, getting to have new friends. And yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, you guys serve along. You're, it's not like we just threw you up there and you're like, okay, you're running kids service today or, you know, you're running the camera by yourself. Well, maybe that happened a time or two, but you, you did a great job with it. Uh, but wait, tell us about the teams that you're, that you're part of. Do you enjoy working with a team? I love working with all of the different people who work up there, and I serve with all different ages. I serve with people like Brian, who's around my same age, and then I serve with people like my dad, who's like ancient, you know? <laughs> that, that lines up. That lines up. Hey, you want to get something good for Christmas this year, right? You got you to gotta, you gotta calm that down. <laughs> Brian, how about you? Do you enjoy the teams that you, you serve on? Yeah, it's, it's fun to do it with all the people in this church. They're great people, and it's, it's fun to get to know them and work with them and the teamwork. And yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's, that's great. I'm glad you guys are serving. You're part of a team. You're learning, uh, and you're, you're growing through all this. Uh, last question for you. Do you guys have a favorite Bible verse that you could just share with people today? I would say my favorite Bible verse is Matthew 5.13. It talks about being the salt of the earth and going and spreading the good news. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a good one, being the salt of the earth. My favorite verse would be Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I love it. I love it. And you guys are both literally doing those as you serve. You're being the salt of the earth. You're spreading the good news of Jesus as you serve. You know, Brian, you're, you're figuring out, you're saying, God, I need your help in this. You know, he's directing your paths and he's bringing you to those, those good places and helping you do incredible things. And, and so I just want to say thank you to both of you for serving, for stepping up. Because you could use your age as an excuse. You could be like, I'm too young to do this. I, I don't know. I don't have all this experience. But instead you're jumping in there and you're saying, hey, whatever you need, I'm available. And... Uh, you know, you learned a new thing the other day, doing lights up there. And, uh, you know, it was great. And, and God's using you to do incredible things. Would you give it up for these young leaders today? I love it. God is using all different ages uh, to serve him and to follow him and, and to, to lead people to Jesus. And that's ultimately what it's all about. So it doesn't matter if you're 99 or you're 11. God can still use you. So if you've ever been holding back or having excuses out there like, no, I'm not qualified enough. I'm not. And we've got 11-year-olds running our whole camera operation for the live stream. Like God is, God is using uh, the next generation. He can use you as well. So I'm excited to see what God is doing. And I'm so thankful for the leaders in this church, no matter what age or size that they are, God is using them. Uh, well, today we're talking about the hands of a leader, and I was watching or listening to an interview this week with uh, Christine Kane. Uh, many of you have, you've maybe 
heard her preach or heard her at a conference or done a Bible study with her. She's an international speaker. And uh, uh, I think our young ladies group actually just got finished with a Bible study by Christine Kane, and she's also the leader of a company of, uh, that employs hundreds over 16 states, or 16 countries, not states, uh, 16 countries, and it's all about rescuing people out of human trafficking, and, uh, you know, so just amazing. They're employing doctors and lawyers and all of these people with lots of credentials, and, uh, you know, so this is somebody who's gone a long way in their leadership, and in this interview, she was asked, how did you start? You know, how did, how did you start? We see where you are today, but how did you get to be such a great leader with such influence and, and making such a big impact in this world? Where, where did that come from? And her answer, I thought, really just stood out to me a couple different things. She said, you know, I've never felt talented enough or gifted enough to be where I am. And I thought, that's, that's interesting. Here's, here's someone who, you know, is... Everybody views this, this is a great leader, this is competent, smart, intelligent, gifted, but yet she's like, I still don't feel gifted enough to be where I am. But I do feel confident enough that if I can have a good team of people around me, that, that God's going to meet everything that we need to have, have done. So humble. But then the second thing that I thought was interesting is, she said she started in leadership, this is where she started uh, one day, I'm not sure if she was in youth group or she was like a youth leader, but they were going to open up a community center uh, for, for youth in the city that she was living in, and, and so they had a work day to go and clean it up. And she got there, and she was the only one who showed up. And so she started cleaning the place and cleaning the closets and doing everything that was needed. And then uh, the youth pastor at the time was sitting there thinking, like, who are we going to get to run this place? You know, this is going to take a lot of work, and... And Christine was the only one there. So he asked her. And she said, okay, you know, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'll, I'll try it. And so it started with just cleaning the place. And then she started running it because she was available. And, and it grew and it grew. And then pretty soon she was over youth centers for lots of other cities. And she was overseeing those things. And it grew. And God continued to increase her leadership, continued to increase her influence. But it all started because she was willing and available. It all started because she was willing to work hard and just clean some closets. And, and that's where it all started for her. And, and pretty much any leader, you can start with the same way. Most leadership isn't just handed to us and said, here you go. You know, you go be this great leader of this big company or this big ministry or something. No, it starts with the little things and being faithful and, and working hard in the little things and, and growing and growing and allowing God to to increase our influence. And so the two points that I want to make to you this morning about the hands of our leader are, are this. The hands of a leader work hard and they pray hard. Those are, the, those are the two things the hands of a leader do. They work hard and they pray hard. Uh, so the first one we're going to look at today is work hard. Because one word keeps coming up over and over as I look through the book of Proverbs, and it's not one we use often, but Solomon keeps calling out 14 times in the book of Proverbs, you see this fun, amazing word, and it's called sluggard. Sluggard, right? Anybody ever use that? You know, that's, that's, that's a fun one. You sluggard, you know, get out of bed this morning. And uh, you, you got just a fun word, but again, it's not one that we use often, but that just, it's very, it's a very juicy 
word full of meaning right there, sluggard. And 14 times in the book of Proverbs, Solomon gives wake-up calls to these sluggards. So what is a sluggard? Let's, let's think about that for a second. You know, first you got a slug, right? A slug is that nasty bug. You know, it's not the one with the shell. No, it doesn't have a shell. It's just slow, and it leaves this trail of mucus behind it, right? That's a slug. And then you got sluggish. Sluggish means you're adverse to exertion. You're slow to respond. You're slow to move. You're slow to grow. Maybe you felt sluggish after Thanksgiving dinner this year, right? That's sluggish. It's just like, can we do it another day? You know, that's, you know it's just, ah, I'm not ready to move. And then you've got a sluggard, and that's, that's a, a habitually lazy person. I mean, that's just they're, they're sluggish all the time. And none of these three sound good. Again, you might have been called sluggish before, and that's not a compliment, but I think it's a wake-up call to us if you've ever been called a sluggard before. Because that's, that's a, a history of saying you just, you're always lazy. You're always lazy. And in Proverbs, Solomon kind of talks about a sluggard is a person who's capable of work. They have capable hands. They have capable legs. And, and that they can use those to work and, and to serve. And instead, they choose to stay in bed. Or they choose to make excuses. One of the verses in there, it says, the sluggard says there's a lion outside. There's a lion in the streets. No, you just don't want to go to work. That's all. You don't want to get out of your house because, you know, none of you have ever made excuses like that before. You know, the dog ate my homework or anything, you know. But that's, that's what he's saying. The sluggard is one who makes excuses. The sluggard's one uh, who expects everything. They expect everything to be handed for, to them, but they work for nothing. They work for nothing. They've got no vision. They're obsessed with their own personal comfort, and they think they know all the answers. And as King Solomon would look out in his kingdom, he'd see the consequences of being a sluggard. Because of the choices that they made, it would lead to pain and to poverty and, and ultimately death. And these are the consequences of being a sluggard. And, and let me tell you, this morning, good leaders are not sluggards. Good leaders work hard. Good leaders work hard. Proverbs 20, verse 4, it says this, The sluggard does not plow in the autumn. He will seek at harvest and have nothing. You ask any farmer, harvest is great. You know, that's, that's the exciting time of the year to see the yields that are brought in. But to get to the harvest time, it takes a lot of hard work. It, it doesn't just come handed to you. I mean, harvest itself is a lot of hard work. But before that, uh, you've got to plow, you've got to plant, you've got to make sure that it's got enough water, you've got to fertilize, you've got to do all these different things to make sure that you have a harvest uh, that you can bring in. And it takes a lot of hard work. And in the church, I think we all want to see, we want to see a great harvest, right? Last Sunday was great. We saw three people come to Jesus. What, what a great harvest, and we're believing for more. You know, I, I want to see lives changed. I want to see that every week. I want to see revival happen in our city. I, I want to see that break out. And I, I, I want to have, I wish we could have a baptism service like once a month or maybe every week just because we've got so many people coming to Jesus, we, we don't have space to baptize them all. Like that's what I want to see, right? I want to see that kind of harvest. I, I want to see people giving testimonies every week, not just when Teen Challenge comes here. We've all got testimonies. We want to see God moving on a weekly basis. I, I want to do more than just support missionaries. I want to send missionaries out from our church, right? I, I want to see a harvest. 
But we'll never see a harvest unless we do the hard work of plowing and planting, fertilizing and watering. We need to work hard. It's hard work. How can we expect to have a great harvest and see the lost saved and see the next generation rise up if we're not willing to work hard? Because the sluggard says, you know, hey, I'm, I'm ready to harvest, but they don't find anything because they never put the hard work in. We cannot be spiritual sluggards. Another verse in Proverbs 13, verse 4, it says, A sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. A sluggard's appetite is never filled. See, a spiritual sluggard has lots of opinions and has lots of preferences, and they're not afraid to share that with other people. All right? A spiritual slugger, they, they've got lots of opinions. You know, they, they come in and they're like, wow, man, that wall, that wall color should be totally different. Uh, you know, the, this worship song, I don't like that one. You know, those trees are really just arranged not quite the way that I want them. Or we should be doing more of this and we should be doing less of this. And you can have all those opinions and a spiritual sluggard will probably, you know, go from one church to the next church to the next church. And guess what? They'll never find a perfect church. Right? They'll never find somebody that just has everything just the way that, that, that they want it. But a leader, a good leader, doesn't just sit back and point out all the things that are wrong. Because I mean, we're humans. We're, we're not perfect people. There's always going to be something wrong. There's always room for improvement. But a leader gets involved. A leader starts to make a difference. And instead of providing problems, uh, now they can become a solution to the problem. And they can say, hey, I see something that's not going right, but you know what? I can change that. I, I can help out. I can, I can be part of the solution rather than part of the problem. And as you serve and as you, you grow, you realize that your preferences aren't as important as they used to be. And you start looking to the, what does everybody else need rather than what do, what do I need? Because now you're on the front lines. Now you're seeing what matters most. Now you get to be part of the harvest when you serve. That's, that's the great thing about serving and, and being a leader. Is you get to be, just like Peyton was saying, man, I get done and I get to high five those kids and, and just get to see them grow you know, on a daily basis and get to have them learn more about Jesus. I mean, that's what it's all about. You start serving in kids' ministry and now all of a sudden you're sitting there saying the sinner's prayer with one of the kids. Like, that's a good day. That's, that's, you get to be part of the harvest right? Uh, you're, you're leading a Bible study, and, and, and you're getting to guide people through difficult times, or you're over at a neighbor's house, and you're getting to pray for them, and, uh, you know, maybe you're seeing you're praying, and God is literally healing people because you're praying for them, and it's just like, that's when we step out, and we step out in faith, and we see God do incredible things. We get to be part of that harvest, and now all of a sudden, all of our preferences just like, what does it matter anymore? I just want to reach people for Jesus. That's, that's what I'm all about. We've got to work hard. We've got to work hard. But, but not only that, we've got to pray hard. We've got to work hard and pray hard. You can't have one without the other. Proverbs 16.3 says this, Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. So before you put your hands to work, you need to put your hands together and pray. Before you put your hands to work, you need to put your hands together and pray. Commit your work to the Lord, and he will establish your plans. 
We need to get these in the right order. A lot of times we work hard and then eventually we pray. We've we got to pray first. We've got to pray hard first. And then we've got to work hard second. And then we've got to pray hard some more. Right? We need them all and all throughout. So whatever you are working on and put your hands to, pray about it. Give it to God. Do your work as though you're doing it for Jesus. Right? Even the, the mundane task. We're pretty good about doing spiritual things and praying about it first. Uh, you're about to lead a Bible study or something. We pray right? Because it just seems like, all right, God, I, I need you. You're about to do an outreach event. You know, before we go and do any of the Christmas parties, we'll start off in prayer because it just seems appropriate, you know, to pray for something spiritual or something spiritual like eating supper. We, we like to pray before that one. And, uh, you know, but, but then there's other tasks like doing the laundry or doing that boring thing at work. You know, you got like you got to do inventory this week. And, and so you go out and you got to do all those steps. How, when's the last time you prayed before you mowed your lawn, right? Like, it just doesn't naturally come to us like, God, I should pray in this moment. But we need to work hard and pray hard. And we need to uh, say, you know what, it doesn't have to be long. It's just, you know what, God, I know that doing laundry is boring and I don't know if I'll find all the socks that the laundry, that the washing machine ate, but, but God, I'm just going to give you this time. So would you help me to keep my focus on you during this time? And, and we just say a simple prayer like that and we just give it to God. And it'll be interesting to watch as God takes those mundane tasks, but we do them for him and watch us find fulfillment in that now. Watch our perspective change as we pray hard and just say, you know what, God, even in the little things, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to trust in you because I believe that, that you've got a bigger plan. Commit it to the Lord and watch him bless it. Watch us find fulfillment in that. A few verses later in verse 9 of chapter 16, it says this, the heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. I'll read it one more time. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. You can work as hard as you want. You can plan as much as you want. But in the end, it's the Lord who establishes you. It's the Lord who gives you victory. It's the Lord who gives you success. We can work hard, but it's up to God to make things grow so that there can be a harvest. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 3, it says this, uh, Paul is writing this, so he says, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. Right? It's only God. We can work as hard as we want, but unless God makes it grow, it's not going to happen. We've we got to trust it to him. I know I've fallen into this trap before, right? I, uh, I'm a pastor, and you know, as a youth pastor for a long time, I... Uh, I love planning events and pulling all those things. And, and so I've worked hard on events before, right? And I've planned it out. I've got every minute down to the detail. I've worked on all the advertising. The graphics were spot on. I mean, these kids, they're going to love it. It's going to be a great time. And then you get to the event and it's 10 people showed up. It's like, come on. There was supposed to be at least 50, you know, maybe 100, something like that. But I've got 10. And they're the same 10 that were here last week. You know, it's just like, come on, God, what's, what's going on? Or you give that altar call and it's just like, all right, this is going to be great, I know. And then crickets, you know, nobody comes. It's just like, God, what's going on? It's like, well, you worked hard, but did you pray hard about it? Did you pray? Because it takes both. It takes planning, but it's up to God to establish our steps, right? We, we, can, we can have our plans, but 
God ultimately is the one who makes things grow. God's ultimately the one that brings in, that, that makes the harvest. So we've got to trust him. We've got to work hard, and we've got to pray hard. It's a, it's a both and. And I like it put this way. We need to work like it depends on you and pray like it depends on God. Work like it depends on you and pray like it depends on God. We need both. We need both. Because so often we can fall into, there's two different traps, two different sides of the pendulum. You know, we can go to the work hard side or we can go to the, just the pray hard side. But really we need, we need both. We need to be in the middle there. You know, some on that work hard side, they say, I'm going I'm to work and I'm going to work and I'm going to work. And, and nothing happens because we never prayed about it. You may be following good plans, right? They, they may be beneficial. You, your plans may have been there to say, you know what, I'm going to help other people and I'm going to bless other people. And you think, this is a good plan, God. Why wouldn't it work? And it might be a, a good plan, but it may not be God's plan. It might be good, but it may not be the best. And, and so we need to give that to God. And sometimes we work hard and we work hard and we work hard. And even if it's a good thing, we're doing it out of pride. You know, we're trying to bless others, but at the same time, we're trying to say, but look at me, you know, look at how good I am. Look at all these good things. And if we don't do things in humility, well, Proverbs has a lot to say about that too. Pride comes before the fall. And so we need to give the glory to God. So we've got to, we've got to work hard, but we've got to pray hard. But sometimes we just think, okay, I'm just going to pray about it. I'm just going to pray about it. Oh, you've got that need? Yeah, I'll, I'll pray about it. And we kind of use that as a cop-out, and, and we say, you know, I'll pray about it, but the moment that I feel uncomfortable, the moment I've got to step out and do something about it myself, count me out. You know, I, I'm just, I'm going to pray about it. Sometimes you are the answer to the prayer that you're praying, right? Like, God, just, I really, this family is in need, and they need help, and they need someone to help them financially, and oh, wait, God, maybe that answers me today. Maybe I'm the answer to that prayer. And, and so we've got to work hard alongside of it. We've got to step out and we've got to be willing to do the hard work along with it. See, before God saved Noah from a flood, Noah had to build an ark. It took prayer and hard work. Before God gave the Israelites victory over Jericho, they, they had to march around 13 times. And that, couldn't, that had to be confusing. It had to just feel like, God, this is just busy work. You know, why are we doing this? But yet it took the hard work and the prayer aspect before it happened. Before Peter walked on water, he had to get out of the boat. You know, all these things, it, it takes both. It takes both. So today I want to I wrap up this, this series in, in two different ways. In two different ways. And, and worship team, you can actually... Come on up and, and prepare yourselves. Uh, but the first way is this. We've been talking about leadership all month. Talking about leadership all month. And I would be uh, remiss if I didn't give you an opportunity to step into leadership. To, to step into a place where you can, you, where you can serve. Because I, I truly believe God's preparing this church for what's next. He is preparing this church for what's next. He's got good plans. And I believe he's going to use us to reach the city and to reach this world. And so he, he's calling us all up. He's calling us all together. We're, we're in this together. We're growing together. We're, we're learning together. And so I want to just present to you this morning many opportunities that we have here at AFA. You've heard some of them already today. And I want to give you an opportunity to be part of the harvest. Right? It's an exciting time to be part of the harvest. The, Jesus said that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. 
And we've got many ways to get involved. You'll see them up on the screen here. And, and if you see an area that you're just like, yeah, I'd like to know more about that, or I feel like God is calling me to do that, or you just have questions, um, then why don't you take, you can grab the next steps card in the pew in front of you there, in the back of the pew in front of you, and uh, just fill out your name, your number, and then check the box or write in something that God is speaking to your heart. So here's some different areas that we have. Uh, just outreach. We talked about the Christmas stockings. We talked about the parties that you can get involved with, uh, blessing our troops, all these different things that you can just get involved with, with different uh, outreaches that, that we have. We have many throughout the year. Kids ministry. Uh, there's so many opportunities in, in our kids ministry, whether it's working with kids on Sunday morning or on Wednesday night or over in our early childhood area. And if you like working with, with babies and toddlers and, and, and that age, you know, there's lots of opportunities for you. Uh, youth ministry. Every Wednesday night, our youth ministry is doing incredible things. God, God's working through our youth. And uh, we're actually going to be having a youth Sunday here in just a couple of weeks and talking about the speed of light. And, and so if you want to get involved in youth ministry, you can, you can check that out. Uh, we've got many other things to adults. Uh, adults, we've got a lot of, if you are interested in leading a life group or you're interested in women's ministries, so many different things that our, our women are doing to, to serve in our church and men's ministries. If God's putting something on your heart for, for men, uh, you know, that's something that we, we don't have a lot going right now. And, and there's a lot of opportunity there for young adults. Uh, we want to reach every, we want our church to be multicultural, multi-generational. Uh, we, we want, we want everybody. We want everybody reached. So whether it's young adults or Hispanic ministries, there's lots of adult ministries. Uh, if you've got a heart to uh, just be nice, you've got a gift of hospitality. We're, we're, there's opportunities to be a greeter or an usher or work at the welcome desk or uh, come on up here and give announcements just like Sam and Shanna did today. Uh, so lots of opportunities there to worship team. You know, we're not just looking for people who are gifted musically, but people who are ready to worship Jesus, you know, with all their hearts. And, and, and say, you know what, God, we're, we're going to give it. We're looking for worshipers. We're looking for people on the tech team like Brian and Peyton talked about earlier today who are up there and just running the camera or turning on lights. People to decorate like we've seen this week or uh, help with building projects or doing stage design. So there's all this to say, that's not a comprehensive list, but there's a lot of areas in the churches you can get involved with. And it's not so much for the church's sake as it is for your sake. Like as you step up in leadership, God is going to use you. God is going to help you grow. So I'm not up here begging, saying, oh, we need people, we need people. That's not it. That's not it. But, but as you step up and as you say, you know what? I am somebody. I know somebody else could do it, but I, I can be that somebody. I, I can step up and I can, I can, I can participate. And, and some of you are already like, man, I'm, I'm serving in like five different areas. That's okay. You don't need to sign up for one more today. That's, that's also not the point, but it's to say, you know what? We can all do this. We can all jump in. We can all be a part because there's a harvest. There's a harvest. We want to see people come to Jesus and that's the heart behind everything. We want to see people in our city come to Jesus. We want to see people in our world come to Jesus. We want to see people in your family who don't know Jesus come to Jesus. That's what it's all about. That's, that's why we work hard and pray hard. Because we see an ultimate goal. We want to bring as many people to heaven with us as possible. We don't want to go up there all by ourselves. That's no fun. We, we want to bring people with us. So I encourage you, fill out that next steps card. You can even leave it on, on the pew today. We'll pick them up. 
The second thing, and, and the way I want to finish off this series and finish off today is, you know, we've been talking about the hands of a leader. And I want us to, to remember the ultimate leader in his hands, how they were pierced for us as he was nailed to that cross. We want to remember Jesus and the sacrifice that he made for us. And, and so we're going to be taking communion here today. And uh, we have the elements available in the back. If you forgot to grab one on your way in, uh, they're up in the balcony and all that. You can grab one. You've got a few moments here in just a minute to do that. You don't have to be a member of our church to take communion. Um, if you're here today or you're joining us online, you can go grab some, some bread and some grape juice and, and join us as well. But we want to take communion. We want to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. Just to think about the grace that he gave us and, and, and just the wisdom that he gave us, the opportunity that he gave us. So I want to take a, a few moments today. The worship team is going to play. And I want you just to take a moment to examine, examine your heart. Examine your heart and say, God, is there anything in me that's just not right, that isn't serving you, that's not honoring you? And, God, I want to be pure before we remember your death and your resurrection. Just take a moment to, again, we had Thanksgiving this week, to be thankful, to, to remember what God has done for us. Think of where you'd be today without the grace of God. Think about where you'd be without the grace of God. So take a moment, again, if you didn't grab communion, grab it, and uh, you can just stay, stay seated this morning and just take a few moments in silent, silent prayer, and, and let's focus on God today.
have the elements this morning. You can pull those out. And the Last Supper, the night Jesus was betrayed, you know, the disciples didn't know that this was the last time that, that they would be together, but Jesus knew. And, and in that time, it says that he took the bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Would you take the bread? Let's partake of it together. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for a body that was broken for us. Hands that were pierced for us, for our transgressions, for our sins. God, so that we can have new life, so that we can have a second chance. God, thank you that, that God, you made, you made a new way for us. God, you, you brought healing through your body, through, through your scars, through your, through your pain. You gave us life. And God, we are humbled today. And we thank you for the sacrifice that you made on that cross. God, we weren't worthy you loved us. So we thank you. We thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. It says, in the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. So it's a new covenant. It's a new contract. It's a new agreement that we've got set up. No longer will you have to go to the temple and make sacrifices. He says, I'm the ultimate sacrifice my blood that's going to be spilled on that cross is going to give you forgiveness unlike you've ever seen before. It's going to give you access to the throne room unlike you've ever seen before. And I'm so thankful that Jesus died and shed his blood for us so that we could be made clean. So would you take the cup this morning? And let's take that together. that was shed for us. God, thank you for this, this new covenant. God, that we have access to you unlike we've ever known before. To think that we can go directly to the God of this universe, the creator of everything we see around us. It's all because of your ultimate sacrifice, because you loved us so much. God, this wasn't easy for you. This wasn't easy. This, this, was, this was hard work that you went through for our sake. But you did it because you loved us. God, even if it was for just one person in this room, you would have died for them. Because you created us. You made us in, our, in your image chose us. You, you planned out our days. So God, thank you for new life. God, thank you for restoration. Thank you for a second chance. God, may we not take that lightly today or any day. But God, may we be grateful every day for the sacrifice that you made. God, it's a debt we, we could never pay you back for. 
we could never pay you back for, for the lengths that you went to give us eternal life, to give us new life. So, Lord, we are thankful today. We are humbled today by what you did for us on that cross. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, would you stand with me? God has big plans for us, church. He's got big plans for you. I believe he's going to use you to reach your community, to reach your family, to reach your neighborhood. And it's going to be great. God is going to do incredible things through you. So you know what? Ready or not, world, here we come. You may not feel like you're ready, but I think this world isn't ready for what's about to hit them. This world's not ready for how God is going to use you as you step up in leadership, as, as you come up and you say, what? God, I'm willing. I may not be perfect. God, I'm willing, I'm available, and I'm ready to work hard. I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to grow. This is just a starting point. This is just a starting point. So ready or not, world, here we come. Jesus, I I pray that you would bless this church. I pray that you would bless us as we step out in faith. God, as we choose to work hard, we may not know everything. We don't see all the details, but God, we know that you do. God, you see all the details. You have a great plan. Your plan for our church, for these people, it is good. You have a good plan for this city. And God, I believe that as we trust in you, as we turn to you, that you are going to do incredible things. And God, we can't wait to be part of that harvest. So God, bless bless these people as we go today, as we go back into our communities, back into our homes. God, I pray that we would be uh, light. God, we would reflect your light wherever we go. That people would notice there's something different that they would want some of that. God, that we would spread eternal life everywhere we go. So bless this church, bless this people as we go today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, church.